Hi, this is Marcia Epstein, and this is Talk With Me on LawrenceHits.com in Lawrence, Kansas. And it is April, which is spring and National Poetry Month, and I'm not talking poetry today. What? <laughs> Even though we're recording in spring, there is stuff to talk about that doesn't include poetry. It's hard for me to say that, but it's true, and it's okay. I'll survive. Hey, today is one of those times when I get to lean on the other side of my intersection even more. Um, I say that I live at the intersection of art and mental health, and today's show is more on the mental health side. Um, although, as we talk about things going on with this particular mental health group, that topic of art, including theater, is going to come up. Imagine that. So today, this is fun for me because I have met people with this group for, for, I'm trying to think, since at least 2012, um, periodically talked with people who are part of this, um, been able to do some education, been able to go to some cool events that were sponsored by this group. So I'm excited to share with the listeners and for me personally to hear what's going on with the KU chapter of Active Minds, which is this cool mental health group, advocacy group on college campuses. I've known about it for a long time. Lots of great stuff happens because of this. Um, so even if you're not in Lawrence, Kansas, and, and Kansas University isn't where you might hear about it, lots of campuses all across the country have Active Minds chapters. It is a national organization. So I'm excited to talk about this, and I want to welcome my guest, who is the brave person who has been doing the work that happens when you lead an organization as president for a year. It's a lot of work, a lot of work, it's a lot of work, but it's very important and rewarding work. So welcome, Christine. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to do this. It is fun because it does go way back and it's interesting, the different connections. I think about um, Sasha Akinova, who was the one founder. of the first ones, mm -hmm. um, and Kyle Bogie, I think is, not, I never remember how to say his last name, but yeah. one of the first Active Minds shows I did um, on radio was with those two. And then Sasha and I had this connection that her her partner, Dylan Snyder, does film stuff. And then he had done some filming of some poetry people that I was working with. And he ended up doing some photography for the poetry events called Word Save Lives. That's on World Suicide Prevention Day. And so it's like all these things <laughs> happen together. It's all it's meant to very inter interconnected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And between them and you, amongst other people, Diane Calise Drake, yes. who's now in Tulsa. Shout out to Di. Love her. We love you, Di. <laughs> anyway, so let's hear about you. You are Christine Wisner. And tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about who you are and your connection with Active Minds. Yeah, so um, I'm a psychology undergraduate at KU, and I've been the president of Active Minds at KU for a year. I started in June. Um, and I got involved because after recovering from my own mental illnesses with an eating disorder and depression and anxiety, I wanted to get involved because I was so inspired by all the people who helped me that I wanted to help other people. Uh -huh. And so um, I went on to our database with all the student organizations. Active Mind starts with an A. It's at the <laughs> top of the list. Um, and I clicked on it. It sounded interesting. Yeah. I was like, my mind is active. And then I found out <laughs> that it was mental health. Yeah. And it was mental health. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Um, so I just sort of got, got involved with tabling and, you know, each year have progressed up the ladder of uh -huh. involvement. And now yeah. I am as involved as you can be. Yeah, this is really cool. Because, you know, when I think about active minds, what I think about is it's a lot about 
making those conversations really accessible. It's Absolutely. About, like there's there's nothing shameful about having a cavity. There's nothing shameful about having depression. Mm -mm. You know, you just need to learn to do what you need to do. And sometimes that involves some some professional help. Sometimes it doesn't, you know. And so it's like, you know, just it's just stuff that people deal with in their lives. There's no shame about this thing over that thing. Yeah, I think we tend to shock people when they come to our first meeting and uh -huh. um, we tend to be just so open with like what we struggle with. Uh -huh. I try to with every meeting um, bring up some of my own struggles in a manner that encourages other people to yeah. feel comfortable sharing. And yeah. we regularly hear, wow, like I've just never heard anyone be so candid before yeah. and like so unashamed. And like I was so empowered to share my story. And like yes. that's that's so inspiring for me just yeah. to like know how impactful that can be to just yeah. be honest yeah. and be open and not yeah. be ashamed because yeah. I'm not. And that's a huge thing. And, and honestly, that's why I connected with art and art mm -hmm. and mental health because there's so many times, especially my poet friends will say, you know, I think about Samantha Silpsky who's a poet in Kansas City. And she said, she's been performing enough in Kansas City that people recognize her. And she's probably about your age. She's a, a young adult. Um, it's not like she's been doing that forever. And she said, and so today, you know, I'm walking from here to there. And this person comes up to me and said, you saved my life. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. By hearing her story, what she was sharing in her poetry, yeah. just like you might tell it as, you know, this is what's been going on for me this week. This is kind of things I've had to deal with. And that's why active minds is important to me. You know, people do it in art. They do it in lots of different ways. And then when you when you're hearing that, and you go, man, that's me too. And that person's brave enough to say it. And it like lifts some of the burden. Of oh, it. yeah. It like drops like, that shield. Yeah. yeah. It's not shameful. I'm not alone. This is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Art's awesome because sometimes it's hard to put into words exactly what you're feeling. Uh -huh. You could like draw a picture or write a poem, and it's yeah. a little bit easier to get it across yeah. in a manner that people can maybe understand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's just sharing your story in whatever manner. Yeah. And does so, a lot of good. Sometimes it's just because you're willing to talk about it. Yeah. And and I want to give a shout out to Desiree's L Stage, who you all brought to KU we did. about a year and a half ago, um, who has the project LiveThroughThis.org, mm -hmm. which you can go to that online and you can see these portraits of these beautiful people, like these these photographs. That's what I mean by portraits. And and like like well, who are they? What is this about? This is who are all these cool people? Mm -hmm. And what they have in common is they've all attempted suicide. You mm -hmm. know. And and Des's project is is another way of sharing stories. Yeah, you know, just putting person. a human face to it. Yeah, is, yeah, yes. Because yeah. people tend Definitely. to think it's like these people in the shadows who are like you know, not just normal people, yeah. and they're totally normal. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. And yeah. yeah. And sometimes, sometimes people will say, you know, I I kind of got an understanding of something that was going on in my family mm -hmm. that nobody had put the words to it. But my uncle, who was always kind of uh, like kind of pushed out of the family, you know, because because he was kind of weird, he'd get angry or whatever, you know. And it was like, okay, now I know that what was going on is that he was one of our family members who had really bad depression, and for him, his you know that sometimes came out with angry statements that that offended people, and they didn't want to be around him, you know? right? And it was like, I wish that hadn't happened, but it helps me to understand. Mm -hmm. that's that was part of how he was the way he was you know he wasn't getting help and he had this thing going on it's like so i can i can 
kind of look at him differently. You yeah. Know? And and so there's that part. You know, when we learn, we have more empathy, and that's so important. Yeah, that's a big, huge, that's a big deal. Huge, huge. Yeah. So what kinds of things? Well, let's just in terms of active minds at KU. What kinds of things happen in a school year of active minds? You know, both for with meetings and how it is for members, and and some of the things that you guys do on campus. Yeah. Um. I mean, every year is different, but. For this year, we've been focusing more on um, building the relationships up with the members so that it feels more like a community mm -hmm. than just like a class that you go to, for yeah. instance. So we've been focusing a lot on those like interpersonal meetings. So we've done, you know, like come to my apartment and we made like Christmas cookies or nice. like we did like a Friendsgiving, like things like that. Yeah. Like We've had a couple game nights where we just all came over and played like cards against humanity, like just let loose. But then on the, yeah, that game, that game got, yeah, it got pretty wild. <laughs> that was a risky move for sure. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was really great. And we've also, on the other hand, have been, you know, focusing very heavily on um, like kind of like the big three on college campuses. So like anxiety, um, eating disorders and depressions and suicide. And so we've been doing a lot of, events targeted towards that, but also targeted towards those in a manner that isn't as direct. So we have had, you know, one-on-one -on -one meetings where we just explain what anxiety is, what it looks like, um, some like triggers and things like that. But on the other hand, we also had, like recently we had someone who's really into essential oils come and talk nice. to us about how they can help relieve stress and like calm anxiety and like what 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 scents help and what yeah, ones can that's great. yeah and you know or we had I spoke about just food and like com, some kind of things you can eat and avoid that might help or yeah. not help um, so we've kind of just taking it from all sides um, nice. it's it's trying not to just be a lecture that kids come to because we get enough of that in school and right. and more of you know a conversation so we've had a couple panels we've had um, presentations we've kind of done it all but at the core i think every event you can expect to have a conversation that maybe you wouldn't feel comfortable having mm -hmm. um anywhere else mm -hmm. you know like our first meeting we had a girl come and say you know i've been struggling with an eating disorder and the girls in my sorority don't get it and i want someone to i needed someone to talk to and mm -hmm. it was so great coming here and hearing yeah. you know she, she directed at me because i was mentioning my struggles with yeah. eating, eating disorder eating disorder. And she's like, it was so great to hear that. Like I can like see someone else who has struggled and mm -hmm. like hear that, like they're not ashamed and hear them. And mm -hmm. like, so that's kind of a big focus yeah, always. That's really cool. Yeah. Because, you know, when I think about, you know, my work and social work is a, like I have two and I, and I don't like to connect them in some ways because some of some of what I do is specifically um, with people, youth and adults who are trans and gender nonconforming. Mm -hmm. And that most of that is about emotional support because the world doesn't treat you very well right now. Um, but my, my biggest emphasis is really on suicide prevention and suicide bereavement and the different ways that we talk about that. And one of the things I value so much is peer support. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't think that peer support alone is enough. Crisis text and crisis hotlines alone are not enough. Mm -hmm. You know, mental health professionals and physical health professionals are not enough on their own it's like this whole combination of things is what we need and, and the more we can get help at the less extreme levels the better you yeah know? and so for people you know i think back back a long time ago i helped develop a uh, peer support program um kind of a 
uh, at a high school in town. And what we realized, and it was fine, what we realized is that those peer mentors got the most out of the program mm -hmm. because they were connected and they were meeting regularly and they were talking about things, you okay. know, and people who sort of access them kind of like in a rough period, they might talk with the mentor for a little bit, you know, but, but like for the peer mentors, it was a, a life changing thing. Experience. To in yeah. And, and because it's a peer thing, just like active minds, you know, it's like helping each other is so cool. And that's one of the, the reasons that I keep offering support groups is because people help each other. Absolutely. And I say to somebody, you cannot be here without helping other people as well as yourself. Mm -hmm. And how cool is that? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, I mean, your friends can be kind of like, especially in college, like your first line of defense. Like yes, they're they the ones be. who are going to hear if you're struggling probably before you would go get help. Well, and all like, our lives, you know, yeah. whatever age we are, you know, when you're little kids, you talk to your friends. When you're adults. you're not going to go to your mom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, that's not the first person. And some things, unfortunately, as, as I say, as little kids, sometimes as little kids and as adults, we haven't learned yet that it's okay to find somebody to right. talk to. We know, haven't learned to, it's okay to, to ask, confide, mm -hmm. confide in somebody, to be vulnerable in that mm -hmm. way. And and as adults, college age or whatever, at some point you realize that is a gift to both people. You know that a great friendship means. There are times when one person is in need and really getting a lot of support from the other. And over time, that balances out. You mm -hmm. know, it's not just about helping the other person, but it, that's a person you can turn to with whatever is going on. Yeah. And know? it lets the other person know that, okay, they've come to me. I know I can go to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely like a revolving door, not yeah. a one way street. Those are much closer friendships than the ones that oh, are yeah. just kind of on the surface. We never talk about hard stuff. Yeah, that's why I don't have a gaggle of friends. <laughs> I am, I can be so intense sometimes that you you've got to be pretty pretty open to that to be my friend. Yeah, and I'd rather have good. just a few of those, you know, revolving door people yeah. than someone I couldn't yeah. talk to. So, has college been a time when you have made some of those closer connections? Um, yeah, I've definitely like you know I have like a core group of like three people uh -huh. um and i did meet them in college um through various ways i met two through a class we just happened to sit next to each other mm -hmm. and then it just sort of progressed yeah um and another was at my first college and she was with me at my sickest uh -huh. and um kind of was my main support back then uh -huh. and kind of has just stuck with me through all nice. of life's ups and downs you that's know? a good friend who doesn't yes. need you to need them yeah, because we don't talk all the time, and that's okay. Because yeah. you know we don't live near each other, uh -huh. and you know she's got a baby now, uh -huh. and we just we don't have to talk all the time. But like we both know, if there's ever anything, like yes. we can pick up the phone, no matter how long it's been, yes. and like we will help each other. Yeah. And I think that's those are the friendships that are really important. And I and I have developed those in college. I don't think I was in a place in high school where the people around me were ready for that level of intensity uh -huh. and I wasn't ready to kind of tone it back a little uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh -huh. and just be fun. Yeah. So do you know what you're going to do after you graduate? Well, <laughs> I've been interviewing for jobs actually. Uh -huh. Um, and I'm, most of them are at children's psychiatric units. Um, I have been working as a nanny for years and I love children, but I also love, you know, psychology and psychiatrics. And so I wanted to combine them. So that's my goal. Um, I plan to just take a, like a year or two, like in between, and then hopefully go to grad school if uh -huh. everything goes well. Uh -huh. um, 
that's kind of, I wanted to take a year or so to figure out for sure I was going down the right path before uh-huh. spending a ton of money on grad school uh-huh. and regretting it. Uh-huh. But as of right now, I'm really into marriage and family therapy. And that's what I would eventually like to do. Uh-huh. So fingers crossed that's what <laughs> what happens. I'm a big believer in family or that kind of mm-hmm. whatever you define as family group work because what's going on with everybody affects everybody else, absolutely you know? and, yeah and so if it's just like we identified this one is the one who has a problem to fix it's like well actually it's it's really helpful for everybody together for a lot of reasons yeah. yeah and not to say individual work is i mean individual work has a place too and sometimes the same time some individual work for somebody who does experience more struggles mm-hmm. but having that group stuff is it is really important yeah and i've been not available enough it seems like it's, it's not hard. and yeah. and you know i've seen a lot of firsthand family struggles like where you know one kid is struggling and they're getting almost like emotionally abused by like the family for it because mm-hmm. they just don't understand mm-hmm. and um that's yeah that's definitely inspired me to kind of do something about that because a lot of times there's just so much miscommunication and understanding yeah. and you know, one kid can be going to therapy, but the parents or the siblings or the caregivers may not ever really hear what's going on in therapy, mm-hmm. like what their their loved one is struggling mm-hmm. with or how to help. Yeah. Um, and so they're lost and they're confused. And then they have this this loved one who's struggling and maybe acting out. And yeah, and yeah I think involving the family is, um, I don't see any harm in involving the family. Right. You know, I think it's really important to try and get as much support when they go home as they have in session. It's it's like my, my analogy after, after my mom died and I have three brothers and we were talking about things and I was thinking about how different our stories were, Mm -hmm. you know, what we remembered from from growing up and stuff. And the thing that we, that we all said is there was never a question about how much our mom loved us. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, that was the gift. Um, But there were other things that, since I had three brothers, there were some things that were different for me because I was the the girl in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, you know, there's there's obviously before there's there's some, you know the, the age spread, and so what's it like being the oldest versus being the youngest? And there are all these different things. And they said, you know, the only way I can explain family is it's sort of like an art museum, and you have an impressionist gallery, and you have okay, a modernist yeah. room, and you have all these different because all of it's real and important. But it doesn't necessarily seem like it belongs mm-hmm. together or that it's related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and that's true. And that's something I'm kind of learning because I'm the youngest. <laughs> so, like, I'm the youngest. I've got two older sisters. And I always was like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't have that experience. Yeah, mom and dad are like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just had a very different experience because when I was growing up was the time when my parents traveled more. And when they were growing up, particularly my oldest sister, it was the time when, you know, my dad went to work and he, you know, it's about 45 minutes away, but my mom was home uh-huh. and at least for the most part. And I didn't have that experience. Like they were, I'm not going to say they were like absent, but they were definitely traveling a lot. So uh-huh. like I have a lot of memories where like, I'm like, oh, they didn't go to my art show. And like, that has definitely affected me. And like my other sisters are like, what are you talking about? Like they were always there. And yeah. I was like, we just remember different things. Yeah. And like that's shaped me in different ways yeah. than like my siblings. And yeah, that's definitely something I haven't, um, I'm only just now starting to get into as uh-huh. I'm getting older. And, you know, they start treating me like a, a real human being. Yeah, there's, of the there's baby. a point when the age difference doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. anymore. 
you know, but when somebody's a senior in high school and somebody's a sixth grader, it's like, that's a bit different. Yeah. My sister, <laughs> my sister, my oldest sister was away in college by the time I was in fourth grade. Okay. So like we have only just started connecting because uh -huh. for the longest time I was just like this little thing <laughs> that was like in her life occasionally, you know, we saw each other like two or three times a year yeah. and like, uh, we were just such on different life levels that we just couldn't connect. But uh -huh. now, I mean, like I consider her one of my best friends. Like I love my my sisters yeah but it took a while for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah. and bringing that back to, to family therapy and like to me because it, it is really important and we need that to be more available mm -hmm. because everybody is affected and a lot of times i think a lot of times as parents parents may think that they're shielding their kids from the impacts of mm -hmm. some things going on but the kids tend to they pick up be on affected it yeah and can be affected in different ways i always remember so, so my graduate training is social work, and I did my clinical practicum back in the day at CAPS, at Counseling Psychological okay. Services at KU. And I remember there are certain people that I worked with there that really touched me in different ways, and I remember, and there are parts of their sh stories that I share, not violating confidentiality like you would yeah. matter who I'm talking about, but I remember working with a young woman who said, you know, when she grew up, she really thought her mom didn't love her very much mm -hmm. because what she remembered from being young was that her mom didn't do much with her. And it wasn't until she got a little older that she, you know, found out more about what was going on at that time. And her mom was very physically ill okay. and wasn't because she wasn't well, she, she wasn't able to do all the stuff that, you know, kids might wish that their parents yeah. were doing with them. And so it wasn't a lack of love. It was that her mom wasn't able to do that. that right. well, it's hard for a kid to yeah. perceive that. You yeah. Know? Just like, yeah. mom won't play with me. Yeah. She doesn't love me. Like yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So there's important stuff to, to learn. And I think about youth. I, I in my, in my counseling work, I have some, um, middle school and high school students who I work with in different ways. And sometimes hearing, you know, their, their, the way that they view their family, what they hear going on and how it affects them. You know, I'm, I'm certain that, that if, if their parents could hear that and they could interact around that, mm -hmm. that, that probably both parties need to make some changes, you mm -hmm. know, but you don't get that opportunity unless people are in the room together. Yeah. People don't really have those conversations, yeah. which I think is, I do. <laughs> I forced my parents. I used to drive my parents nuts because when we were fighting, I'd, I'd be like, okay, let's like sit down and like, let's talk about this. And it really threw them for a loop because, you know, my older sister would just slam the door and run off. And uh -huh. I'd be like, no, no, we're going to talk. We're going to like, one time I made them write like a contract that like, <laughs> that like we would both agree to do these things. And uh -huh. like, if I breach this, this is my punishment. And if like they didn't do this, then like, you initiated that. Yeah. Like, I was like, that's like, make a contract. Um, and like, I was like, so, like, I'm just like, I am that type of person who I want to have those conversations. Uh -huh. And, um, but yeah, like when you talk to other families, like that's just not the case. Yeah. You know, some of my best friends, the communication, like miscommunication between them and their parents is so profoundly impactful on them that yeah. like, you know, I, I tend to think people expect more of me than they do. And that can impact me. Uh -huh. But like some of these people who I'm very close with uh, perceive their parents as like hating them, like really uh -huh. disliking them because uh -huh. they would put certain pressures on them and like say, you know, oh, you're worthless or whatever in like this film, which are not good things to be saying to your kid regardless. Uh -huh. But um, 
not only did they feel worthless, but they also felt like hated. And yeah. like that's just, yeah. you know, miscommunication on both parts because sometimes parents are, you know, whatever adults are not in a good place. Mm -hmm. And and like one of my one of my core beliefs, and I remember saying this in a in a social work class, and people were like, Wow. <laughs> because I said, you know, I really do believe that at any moment that that a person is doing the best they know how to do. Mm -hmm. But I have a corollary, which is sometimes one's best isn't good enough. Yes. You know? And I think that happens. And, and and I think about, you know, those things you hear as kids. And and this is something that gets talked a lot, uh, talks about a lot in, in mental health is that people incorporate these ideas and they become truths that guide them. But they aren't truths. Exactly. You know, and so so I, I say my, my way of talking about that is it's like we have these thought bubbles these thought balloons and we need to poke holes in them with what is real truth until they deflate because you know if, I, if I've grown up and I've incorporated I'm worthless you know people don't like me I'm stupid I'm not able to do things as well as other people then that's going to affect how I think and feel and what I'm willing to try to do and it's a terrible burden Absolutely. and then when it's like well wait a minute you know what what do I know that contradicts that well actually my friends ask me for help with Spanish because mm -hmm. I'm really great at Spanish. Yeah. You know, and it's hard for a lot of my friends. And, you know, my my friend the other day told me that, you know, you're the best listener. You know, it's, you know, I can't tell you how much you've helped. You know, so, so you start like collecting these things that are like, wait a minute. I can do this. Yeah. This. You know, this person, this person. And, you know, and then you start being able to know that about yourself and get rid of that, that belief that yeah. this isn't true. And it's not that our, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, our parents or whomever wanted us to have that, but, mm -hmm. it, but it, it is, it is what happens to us, but we get to, we get to get rid of it too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, everyone's human. Parents are human. Like people sometimes think that they're not, not all parents. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but like, you know, they're sometimes struggling too and they let it slip. Yes. It's yeah. how can you not? You're yeah. living with this little kid who yeah. is constantly like, mom, mom, mom. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're bound to maybe snap at some point or mess up or miss a game and it's not the end of the world but the kid probably yeah yeah so we have to know that people adults and kids make mistakes and and then being able to apologize that's a whole other thing when i know i've made a mistake to be able to apologize yeah and and i it's funny because that that's there's this uh person in who actually is a therapist in town and a writer Harriet Lerner, you may recognize her name, and mm -hmm. she's she's her most recent book is I think it's called Why Why Don't You Apologize or Why Won't You Apologize something like that. And it's about apologies and forgiveness and you know what's needed and what's a good apology and how to accept an apology and all this stuff. And it's all to told through stories, you know, mm -hmm. anecdotes with in her own experience in her right. own family with her sons and her and her husband and, and with people who she's had you know friends and, and clients. And, it's a great thing because it gets you remembering, you know, like, okay, apology really is saying, I'm sorry. It's not about saying, I'm sorry that you felt mad when I yes. did this thing, but I had to do that because it was my job. Like, mm -hmm. That is not an apology. That is not, no. <laughs> that is not taking any responsibility at all. <laughs> exactly. And the other side is being able to accept it instead mm -hmm. of, instead of, for some of us, it's, it, our nature is, oh, I don't want the other person to feel bad. So, oh, no, 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 it was not a problem. And it's like, yeah, it was a big problem. Yeah. You know, and I don't have to say, yeah, it was a big problem, but <laughs> I can say, I appreciate your apology. Mm -hmm. You know, 
That's, Absolutely. That's yeah. It's, and it's hard to do that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a new way for a lot of us to learn. And the same with compliments, you know, <laughs> your, your boss is really great. Oh, I got it at the thrift store. It was really no big deal. You know, just we say thank that you. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that it's like, yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. So it's a good thing. Communication is good. And we're all always learning. It's good. Always. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything. And I just accept that fact and just live my life. Always learning. Yeah. Always learning. You know, you know things, but you're always learning. So you're adding to that. I want to ask you, because just you happened to say when you were talking about family stuff, mm-hmm. art shows. So is, is there a kind of art or are there kinds of arts that are your ways of expressing yourself? So I'm a singer. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was, um, you know, I did state. I did all the things growing up. Uh-huh. I've always been a singer. My mom was a singer. She did, you know, um, like musicals and things her whole life. Uh-huh. Um, so music. Music is how I express myself. I am always singing. I am always singing along. I can be obnoxious with my music choices <laughs> because it'll be, you know, I'll be belting out to wild songs and then the next second they can be like really sad and like kind of like down songs and like i'm all over the place but but yeah i i love music i i mean and i love to to draw but i'm not very good but i don't i actually love all kinds of arts because now that i'm thinking about it i'm a writer too i um i write all the time i love to write little stories wonderful um that don't really make much sense but they're I have I I have piles of started books that I have you know uh-huh. never really fleshed out, but uh-huh. I love it. I just love. I guess I don't know. My mom always says I'm really creative, and I used to be like, "No, mom, I'm not creative. Stop putting that label on me." But you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I I I probably am a little bit more creative than I give myself credit for. Because uh-huh. I I do. I love to draw. I love to paint. Um, I'm a pretty decent painter, actually. My grandma was a was a amazing painter. Ah. Um, you know, there are portraits of both my sisters, and I have a few of her paintings, her like landscapes in my apartment. She's fabulous. Cool. Um, so maybe it's in my blood <laughs> a little bit. Although I guess actually she, does, I'm not related to her, like blood relation. Uh-huh. Um, but it's okay. You can. But I, I picked it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I when you say that I think about it at somebody who's special to me and and she um like a lot of us her parents didn't stay together and there were lots of different family members and stepmoms and mm-hmm. blah 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 and and the person who she was raised by the longest who she really still and she still calls mom it's not her biological mom mm-hmm. anyway so i get this picture she goes oh this great thing happened my mom and and stepdad so her that the person she she her mom it, yeah. and and that person's current husband who's not the dad of right person. <laughs> yes anyway my mom and stepdad surprised us they came to see me and my sister and it was so cool and she sends me this picture that's her and her mom and her sister and there's she and her sister obviously are biologically related right. but they're not biologically related to her mom and I look at it and go you three have the same smile. Oh, because okay. I know it's so cool. People <laughs> always tell us that. You know, it's like that is so beautiful. That is because it's not because of biology. It's yeah, because that's who they are. They were around each other. It's, picked it up. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Really sweet to see. So lots of cool stuff happens in families. So we are having a great conversation, and we're gonna take a quick break. And we are gonna mention some things coming up with Active Minds. We haven't done that yet, but there's some cool stuff coming up with Active Minds. But the conversation is so fun. 
<laughs> Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. And well, you're going to hear from a couple of the Lawrence, Kansas businesses that sponsor LawrenceHits.com. And I get to say thank you to Daniel Smith, who produces the show, because he's the one who lets people hear it. <laughs> That's a big deal. Thank you, Daniel. And we'll be right back. So welcome back. We are going to tell people some stuff going on. There's <laughs> cool stuff going on, because we're recording this in April, and there are two events coming up that Active Minds is having that are for everybody. They are. You don't have to be a member of Active Minds. You don't have to be a student at the University of Kansas. Mm -hmm. So tell us about those things that are coming up. Yeah, so we have an event coming up on Wednesday um, at... April 19th. April 19th at 7.30 in the ballroom of the Kansas Union. Um, we have, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting take on a uh, suicide speaker because it's going to be part Broadway one man show, part discussion and part kind of like informative, uh, discussion, like mm -hmm. informative speech. And, um, Josh Riverdale. Josh Riverdale. Thank uh -huh. you. I was holding. Um, yeah. And he has this thing called the Impossible Project. And when you yes. look at it, it's I apostrophe M P O S S I B L E. So it you, like impossible. No, I'm possible. Possible. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I'm really excited about it um, because you know sometimes suicide discussions can be kind of stuffy almost. Uh -huh. And um, I've seen I've read his stuff and I've, I've seen his work and it seems like it's going to be really interesting yeah. and a really, um, really artful take on it that I think people can really relate to. And he's covering all angles, you know, he's not only sharing his story, but he's having um, a panel of other people kind of discuss it a little yeah. bit and, and give us some facts. And I'm really excited for that. It's uh -huh. supposed to be a 75 minute show. Um, and yeah, it's, you just go to the union, um, nothing, you don't have to worry about paying. Like it's, you're good to go. Uh -huh. So I think that'll be really cool. I'm really excited for that. And yeah. then just a couple of days later on the 22nd of April, so Saturday, we are having a suicide prevention walk for um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Um, and it's one of their out of darkness campus walks. And we're gonna be having that at Bircham Park here in Lawrence. Um, and it's just going to be a fun event. We have tables from lots of different people in the area, um, like resources. We're going to hand out bags with, um, information for people who are in crisis or know people in crisis and all sorts of goodies. There's going to be, um, a raffle with, you know, like, um, a couple pieces of jewelry, a statue, something from the chiefs, um, Panera stuff, like all over the board mm -hmm. with things. And um, something I like about that walk is that everyone gets a different colored necklace that corresponds with their relation to suicide. And um, I've, I've heard from, you know, the people helping me organize this walk that that can be such a great conversation starter. Cause mm -hmm. like I've, I, it seems to me that people tend to kind of group more with their colored beads and kind of share their stories than necessarily who they came to walk with in the first place. Uh -huh. um, and you know, there'll be a reading of the names and um, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be um, a really great event. I mean, it's a beautiful walk. It's a mile walk along the river. So it'll be at least scenically pretty. But, yeah. 
Um, but it, it should it should just be a great um, community uh, event where it kind of brings people together um, around a common commonality. Yeah. And when you mentioned those bees, I just I was just I, um, pulling up information. Mm-hmm. That the idea being that sometimes that common loss, and sometimes it's going to be multiple losses. And I, yes. one of one of my sort of things is a lot of people have survived suicide loss, and a lot of those same people are also support for people who are struggling with suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those same people are people who have their own struggles with suicide. And so, so although there's this, there's this sort of duality that it's really nice to connect with people around a certain experience, but we all have lots of experiences, you know? And so the, like the AFSP, their beads, they, they have it broken down so that white is for the loss of a child of any age, red is for the loss of a spouse or partner, Gold is for the loss of a parent. Orange, loss of a sibling. Purple, lost another relative or friend. Silver, the loss is a first responder or military person. Green is somebody who is struggling personally. Blue is somebody who supports the cause. Teal is friends of family, friends and family of people who struggle. So I love that it, I mean, they touch on all those oh, different roles. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing is, is suicide affects people of all races and genders and gender identities and sexual orientations and religions and income levels and professions. And, you know, I mean, it's like, it's not just this set of people who look this certain demographic way. Yeah. And that's one of the beauties of the AFSP walks, especially the national one, which I've only seen on video. I've not actually been to one, but, but to, to know that there are so many people that you truly are not alone and people get, you know, what it's like for you because they know parts of that from their own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a great thing. The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is one of those those groups that I mean, they're they're mostly known for funding research. Mm-hmm. They have some prevention programs. They do, and they have a lot of great information on their website about suicide loss or how to help somebody who's suicidal. So I want to give a shout out to that website, which is. The initials of American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, so AFSP.org, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, is is a great website resource too. It is, yeah. yeah. And they have so, for instance, when you like click, you want to donate. Um, the different amounts kind of tell you some things that that could fund. And I know, like, so like the hundred amount is like fund a program for suicide prevention at a high school and like the 251 is at a college so they do have like programs that they Mm -hmm. have set up and you know take around Mm -hmm. the country and and yeah but yeah they do fund a lot of research which is great essential yeah i I mean the thing about research uh, research boring is like no actually that's how we know what works and we get to do more of what really helps people (laughs) yes Yeah, because, you know, you don't want to be blind on this and, you know, research, no, it can't be conclusive, you know, can't show causality and we don't really know a whole lot, but, you know, it it can help and at least send you in the right direction. So what will tell, say a little bit more about the time and like where Bridge and Park is and those kinds of things that people could actually. Yeah. So check-in starts at 10 a.m., but 
that will go for two hours. There will be Panera bagels and spreads and water to just kind of kill the time. Um, that's when you can buy a raffle tickets in that time. And then at 12 o'clock, um, there will be, well, probably about more like 1145. We'll do the reading of the names and then the walk will start at 12. And it should, it should only take about maximum like 30 minutes for the walk since it's, it's a mile full, mm -hmm. full trip there and back. And um, after the walk, the raffle winners will be announced. And so, you know, we expect to be out of there by about two at the absolute latest. So it's not like a huge time commitment. Mm -hmm. And um, Birchwood Park is in North Lawrence. It's right along the river and it is um, kind of behind. It's a, it, it is a little bit back there. So you might think you're kind of lost, but you're not. It's... Um, it is on the intersection of Indiana Street and Second Street, so Indiana kind of yeah. turns into Second Street. So it's Street. not it's not actually North Lawrence in terms of you don't cross the, the bridge. No, yeah, I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's on the it's on the downtown KU campus side of the river. It is, yeah. It's actually parallel to the bridge. Yeah, and um, so it's it's like near kind of not but people know where the Lawrence Memorial Hospital is, where the Burton Nash Community Mental Health Center is. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of area of town. It's, it's that that neighborhood. And so there's there's a park. There's going to be some parking there. Yes. The the path um, is is that the crushed limestone path, like the the levee as we call it sometimes, the levee, yeah. or is it a dirt area? No, it's it's, it's a it's an actual um, sidewalk path, uh -huh. and, okay. and and it might help. It's it's right by the boathouse, the KU rowing boathouse. Uh -huh. So that's where it'll be. And yeah, there will be parking and plenty of parking, and we'll walk from Birchen Park. Um, all the way to Sixth Street and then back, mm -hmm. and so um, yeah, it should be a beautiful day. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> but I mean, there there's a gazebo and it's covered, and uh -huh. the tables will be covered. So, uh -huh. um, but yeah, so that's where it is, and that's when it is, and yeah. we're really and excited. People have the opportunity to do fundraising mm -hmm. for their walk. They so do, yeah. So they have the opportunity to either create a team on, and walk in someone's honor, or I mean, they can walk in someone's honor regardless, um, or individually. But regardless, they have the choice to make an individual or team fundraising goal, and then have as many people um, donate as they as they want. Mm -hmm. If they raise a hundred dollars, they get a shirt, a T-shirt um, from the specific walk, and. Um, there's really no limit. It is tax deductible. So anyone who donates, you know, you can write it off on your taxes later and um, you'll get a receipt. But yeah, so you can you can fundraise, you know, before the walk, you can fundraise at the walk. Like you can donate there with your raffle ticket um, buying or um, or or just donate there or you can do it online. And, you know, they take all forms of payment. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the the. The proceeds of that do go directly towards funding research and funding programs. So this is a fundraiser for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And and the part that is is important in addition to that is it's an opportunity for people to get together. It is, yeah. It's one of those things, you know, get together with people who who know that this is important. This, mm -hmm. is, a, this is something we need to be talking about suicide. That's, that's how we help people mm -hmm. be able to get help when they need it. You know, for people who have lost people to suicide, it's a chance to know that, you know, there are other people affected by that loss, you know, and that we can do stuff together to make a difference. It's, Absolutely. And 
you know, being outside is a wonderful healing. It's great for your health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so Dr. Alardi, he loves that. You know, all about helping depression by being outside. So it we'll get you outside. We'll give you some omega threes. We'll give you some socializing. Yeah. <laughs> Very, she loves his omega threes. <laughs> oh man. Yes. So, so that's going on and that's, that's a big deal. And this is, is this the first year that AFSB, excuse me, that, that Active Minds at KU has had a, a walk? It is not the first year. Okay. It is the first year in a in a few years. Okay. So it, there's been a, a gap. So we are treating this as if it is a first one because okay. we've had to reestablish those relationships uh -huh. and um, kind of go through the same uh, issues that you would go through if it was your first time. Mm -hmm. So we are counting this as kind of our first walk. So, um, you know, we don't have, uh, it, it, <laughs> we want as many people there, but, right. we're, but, uh, um, it may be smaller. It route. may be smaller because it is yeah. the first year. Yeah. yeah. And people can find information about these walks all over the country mm -hmm. by going to the out of the darkness part of the AFSP.org site. And like, I, I think that Manhattan, K-State may have their walk the week after there've been walks in this area. Some yeah. of the walks will happen in the fall because September has suicide prevention week, world suicide prevention day on September 10th. And then international survivors of suicide loss day is always the Saturday before Thanksgiving. So, so there are a lot of walks that happen that time of year as mm -hmm. well including uh, the big national walk. And so, you know, you can find out about that wherever you are, because listeners may be, you know, who knows when they're listening to this show. Right. Um, there are those opportunities, and it's it's always a really good and important thing to participate in and to spread the word about, you know, donating to AFSP. That's one of those things I do each year. I just, it's just one yeah. of my things. That's, it's really important. You know, that's, that's one of my, my pet projects is, Donating there and the American Association of Suicidology and some other places. Mm -hmm. So, so it's a good thing to do, you know, in, in so many ways. Um, and it, it helps, it helps a lot. And AFSP, again, also sponsors the International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day. Mm -hmm. um, those events also you can find out about um, since it's in November near Thanksgiving, you know, the details aren't set yet. But I know here in Lawrence, Kansas, we do this annually. The support group that I have called healing after suicide. A lot of people have, you know, that it's just one of those things we do as a group. It's like mm -hmm. we, we host this community workshop every year. Um, so I know it'll happen in Lawrence um, and lots of places across the country. Mm -hmm. So the AFSP website is, is again, a great resource for that kind of stuff. It is, yeah. It's cool. So when we were talking earlier, I just want to mention that even though we've been talking a lot about active minds and events related to suicides, mm -hmm. which often relates to depression and anxiety, but not always. What are some of the other kinds of things that you guys have done this year? Remind us again about Active Minds, like for, for kind of public events on campus. You had some info tables. Have you had some movie nights? And and I also wonder, have you guys been talking about the 13 Reasons Why series yeah, so or the S-Town podcast? Because those are things that are coming up a lot in the suicide prevention community is how are people really being affected by these things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, at the Douglas County Suicide Prevention Coalition's last meeting, um, 13 Reasons Why was brought up, as well as um, the um, death by suicide of the founder of the semicolon movement. Right, Andy Bull. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. 
And um, so, yeah, those are things we have um, actually just written up kind of not like press releases, but kind of little blurbs about them uh -huh. to, for our um, social media pages that are going out tomorrow. Um, just because, I mean, you know, 13 Reasons Why it's pretty, it's getting, you know, it's when you turn on Netflix, it's top of the page. Uh -huh. And, you know, the death depicted in it is pretty graphic. And yeah. it's also not really accurate in that it, all those There's videos. Yeah, well, and, and all the videos are very accusatory. Like it is those people's fault. And that's not generally, you know, the case. Um, but, um, yeah, we have, we have plans to discuss that we have you know tabling for next week for the event but also it is active minds uh stress less week and as part of that programming we have tied in um the same blurb that we're going to put on our social media about you know this is what is depicted you know um this is what happened this is you know maybe not factual if you're if this is you know triggering for you here are some numbers here's mm -hmm. who contact things like that um but in terms of, I mean, the, these are pretty much our, our events for like the rest of the year, you know, after the walk, all we have are elections. Um, but, you know, previously, yeah, we have, um, like I said, done a lot of events. We've done. Um, what kinds of eating disorders things have you done? Because you mentioned that. Yeah. One. So for Eating Disorder Awareness Week, um, we did a panel where myself and a male student uh, at KU who's a member of Active Minds sat down and both shared our stories. And then we took questions and um, shared, you know, info, 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 whatever, about the um, just prevalence of eating disorders kind of like somehow dieting can kind of transition into that and also how it's not always a diet that goes wrong like how it can be either or how it affects both genders how it affects like everyone like it doesn't yeah. matter um and so that's what we did for eating disorder awareness week as well as you know um nita had tons of infographics about how bullying is connected to eating disorders or um how uh, dining can lead to eating disorders, and we 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 kind of pushed those infographics pretty hard um, during that week. And um, for Suicide Awareness Week, um, we pretty much did the same thing mm -hmm. back in you know forever ago. And we had Desiree come, and um, we also around those times. So we try to when it's when it's those periods of time. So. Um, eating disorder awareness week the next week is when i had my um meeting about how to eat healthy um but like on a college budget as well as like um recognizing that we are college kids and you're maybe not always going to be eating you know organic healthy you know like acknowledging that you know yeah, it's not gonna be perfect yeah. yeah um you know they're gonna be drinking but like here are some things to maybe avoid or think yeah. about or whatever yeah. and um just things like that where we have those events and um we also have the funner ones mm -hmm. um we have you know we've done game nights we've done movie nights mm -hmm. um with the game night we weren't watching a movie but we did you know have like k-pop playing and like everyone got to pick a song and like so each person nice. you know we just transitioned who was who was in charge of the music and uh -huh. um we um the Thursday after our um, our speaker 
next week. So Thursday, the 20th, we're, we're meeting at Freddy's for just like a dinner. And Freddy's has agreed to like, give us the proceeds of that, like 10% of the proceeds, um, for they're donating it to us. So we're all going to meet up and go to dinner and hang out and Great burgers and fries. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what people I'm going to get like a shake and I'm going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That's great. So fun stuff. And so people, people become members of Active Minds. They can join and participate often, but they're always welcome. I mean, anybody's. Yeah. You, know. you don't have to, you know, go click the member button and then that's, you know, we won't mm -hmm. let you in. It's. If you hear about us and you want to come, come. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, you can like us on Facebook. You can join us on Rock Talk. But, mm -hmm. um we don't keep like a tally. We don't have like a little checklist where it's like what members are coming and what aren't we, mm -hmm. we just, we learn about these people as individuals mm -hmm. member or not. And, um, you know, I do check in with people if they've been coming and then, you know, suddenly don't come just, mm -hmm. you know, make sure they're okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, just checking in and, and that's kind of the role we have. You know, I have, I do have members reach out when, you know, they are a loved one is in crisis mm -hmm. and like, you know, I hope, direct them in the right direction and um but yeah anyone is welcome and it doesn't have to be just students we you know we have yeah we have grad students and undergraduates but we also have had just um like community members just come to events because mm -hmm. anyone is welcome we mm -hmm. i think that information is is applicable in everyday life for pretty much everyone mm -hmm. so yeah we're pretty pretty open door mm -hmm. And so that's a group uh, at the University of Kansas people can get involved with and people in the community can participate in these cool events that mm -hmm. happen, which is really great. Uh, and, and then there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to acknowledge, it is National Poetry Month. We were talking about art stuff. And one of the things that to me, that to everybody relates a lot to mental health, emotional well-being is having some hope, you mm -hmm. know? And, and I want to highlight two uh, writers who will be in Lawrence at what's called the Annual Poetry Fair on Saturday, April 15th. It's from 1.30 to 5 at the Lawrence Art Center in downtown Lawrence. Um, Annette Billings is a poet in Kansas City, um, and she was a physical health care nurse for the longest time, and now she's focused on her writing. And her first book, is called A Net Full of Hope and lovely poems about life experiences, um, really beautiful that will touch a lot of people going, I've had that happen to me too. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to talk about it and get through it. And her her newer book is called Descants for a Daughter. And they are, they might be called affirmations um, that actually started as texts that she was sending to her daughter who was having some emotional struggles. Mm -hmm. And then she published this and she'll be reading from those books at the Poetry Fair on Saturday the 15th. And Diane Silver, who really put together, and put together this book of daily meditations is uh, a daily shot of hope is what it's called. And, and Diane's book was really prompted by a lot of people's reactions to the last election and mm -hmm. things being different and messages that had come out before the election and since and that need for people to stay connected with hope and so her book daily shot of, of hope she'll be reading from that at the poetry fair and there's just some of the things that 
you know, like if you want to, if, if you need, if you need that nudge in that direction, you know, go hear them. You know, if you can go buy a copy of the book and take it home with you, you know, have Descants for Daughter. I bought three copies of about one for me, one that I sent to a friend and one that I loan out as part of the lending library for the support groups. And Daily Shot of Hope, I bought two, one to, to loan out to people in the support groups, um, one that I keep for me, and I'll loan that one too. But I mean, one that was specifically like, I may not get it back, I hope I do, but you know. And I've heard such wonderful things from people who are turning to those books for some extra hope. Yeah. And, and we all need that. So I just wanted to, to throw that out there. There are lots of ways we can connect. Yeah. And just like with Josh Rivadell coming in doing some performance and discussion, you know, sometimes we get messages we need, not just through facts and figures. I'm a big, I'm a big believer that we need stories. We need to hear that. You Me know? too. Yes. And we need to know what we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of coping skills are working for somebody else? Because maybe I don't, I'm not using those. And what can I do to be helpful to somebody in my life? And when it's bigger than that, what are some other things that I need to do? You know, I need information. I don't really, I hate that there are people who are struggling but it doesn't matter to me whether that's 5,000 with this specific disorder or 500 or five, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I just want us to be able to help each other. <laughs> I think that's great. And and I hope that resonates for a lot of people. It's like, we can all make a difference. You know, we can all do things. Oh, yeah. And some of those are things we need to do for ourselves. You know, I think, I think that airline message that, that, may sound trite, but it's the truth. It's like, you got to put your own air oxygen on first. And then help. Yeah. <laughs> you do. So, so in, in our last couple minutes, what are some things that you do to put your oxygen mask on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I use art actually. Yeah. yeah. I, I color, <laughs> I have like children's coloring books. Uh-huh. I, I'm one of those people who actually gets stressed out coloring because I'm such a perfectionist. So I buy the ones that have the numbers and they tell you what color to put where okay. and it just takes all the guesswork out for me and uh-huh. those are great. Uh-huh. Um, and I sing. I like, I play music. I have a piano. I never was taught how to play the piano. I just sort of clunk around uh-huh. and sing a song. Um, and I, uh, I I like to wrap up in cozy things. So I tend to carry around a pair of like cozy socks with me, uh-huh. like big fuzzy socks. Uh-huh. And if I'm like overwhelmed, I'll just wear them and nice. that's what helps me a lot um just because i'm such a like physically sensitive person uh-huh. so like that's a huge help for me cool. but just talking to my friends yeah 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 and that's the cool thing it's like you didn't you didn't go uh, i don't know i mean you know some things yeah i know do. how to help myself <laughs> It sounds like you do those things yeah. even better. Yeah, yeah, I've got to. Yeah, so listeners, that's something to consider. Actually do some things. That's always my thing. Is, but what will you really do? Not mm-hmm. even what you think you should do, but what will you really do? Because we all need some of those, those things too. that we really do. And so I want to remind you that our listeners, that you can go to afsp.org backslash KU and get the information about the Out of the Darkness Walk here in Lawrence, Kansas on Saturday, April 22nd. You can go to Facebook to the Active Minds page for Active Minds University of Kansas, which is KU Active Minds after the Facebook.com thing. You can learn about the Josh Rivadell Project. Um, I'm Possible Project is performance at KU on Wednesday, April 19th. KU students, consider getting involved with Active Minds, you know? It's an important thing that's going on on our campus here in Lawrence, Kansas. 
you have the chance to make a difference to your life, other people's lives, do some fun stuff. And yeah, there's some work involved because that's what happens. But, you know, consider getting involved with Active Minds at the University of Kansas. Or for listeners other places who are students other places, check out at the Active Minds National website and see where you can get involved. Good stuff going on. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much. This Thank was you, fun. Listeners. We are glad to be talking to you and talk to you again. So long.